right, this is the Just Desserts meeting of March 30th, 2017, our Hard Case Crime meeting. We want to thank the Charles Ardai and the other folks at Hard Case Crime for providing us a large book full of um, free copies of some of their books uh, so that our group could um, enjoy reading those, get a sample of what Hard Case Crime publishing style is. Uh, I wanted to give a little bit of background on the publisher as we begin here. This comes from their website and from a couple of other sources. Hard Case Crime is an American publisher of hard-boiled crime novels. Uh, you could also call them noir or pulp um, novels in many cases, but they're calling themselves hard-boiled. Uh, it was founded in 2004 by Charles Ardai, uh, who also founded, for those people who've been on the internet for a really long time, Juno, the online service Juno is um, his, uh, so that's that's harkens back quite a ways. Uh, and Max Phillips, the series of publishing uh, recreates in editorial form and content the flavor of paperback crime novels of the 1940s and 1950s. Uh, the covers, which I know are a big issue with a lot of people, uh, feature original illustrations done in the style familiar from the golden age of paperbacks, basically the 1950s and the 1960s. Uh, credited to artists such as Robert McGee and Glenn Orbeck. The collection um, includes both reprints of books from the pulp era and new novels written especially for the Hard Case Crime Collection. Uh, the top-selling entries in the series to date have been novels by Stephen King, The Colorado Kid, uh, which actually became a TV series called Haven on the Sci-Fi Network, and Joyland. Six novels published by Hard Case have been nominated for the Edgar Award. In 2005, Little Girl Lost by Richard Alias, A-L-E-A-S, which actually is a pseudonym for Charles I. Dye, the publisher, was nominated as Best First Novel by an American Author, and Dominic Stansbury's The Confession won the award for Best Paperback Original. In 2006, 8, 9, and 14, respectively, Alan Guthrie's Kiss Her Goodbye, Russell Hill's Robbie's Wife, Krista Faust's Money Shot, and Stephen King's Joyland were nominated for Best Paperback Original but did not win. Max Phillips' Fade to Blonde won the 2005 Seamus Award for Best Paperback Novel of the Year, and Charles Ardai's pseudonymous Richard Alias novel Songs of Innocence won the same award in 2008. Ardai also received the Edgar Award in 2007 for a short story, The Homefront, but that doesn't have anything to do with these particular books. Between 2004 and 2010, Hard Case Crime was published through a collaboration uh, between Ardai's company called Winterfall LLC, which is where you'll see all the art copyrights, and Dorchester Publishing. Starting in 2011, Titan Books replaced Dorchester as publisher of the series. Additionally, two volumes in the series, one reprinting a pair of early Lawrence Block novels, um, the other a collection of Lawrence Block short stories, were both published by Subterranean Press, which is a small novelty press uh, that does very short, limited runs. I was fascinated to see that, um, first of all, the handout that you have um, tonight is just a slightly modified version of what we handed out back in October showing the entire output of Hard Case Crime. I added a couple of titles at the very end that uh, um, were not on your previous handout. Nothing has changed with regards, well, I take it back. One of those new ones the library did buy, but for the most part, the status of whether the library owns something or not has not changed since the last time you got one of these handouts. I will point out that one of the upcoming titles that's listed 
Let's see. Forever and a Death by Donald E. Westlake, scheduled for June 2017, is a brand new Westlake that's never been in print before. So if you're a fan of Donald Westlake, and I know a lot of people in this group have enjoyed his work in the past, this is an all-new work by him, even though he passed away several years ago. He actually was commissioned to write the script for a James Bond movie back in the 60s, and did... And the producers ultimately decided to shelve it and not film that, and so he retained the rights to it. He wrote it as a novel, set it on a back shelf, and never did anything with it. And so the, his estate found it and turned it over to Hard Case Crime, and they're publishing it for the first time this year. So I know I have friends at the downtown library who are eagerly awaiting a new Donald Westlake um, after this much time. What we're going to do with regards to tonight's meeting is pass around a microphone. Everybody will talk about the book that they selected. Now keep in mind, for the purposes of people listening to this recording, that there will be some duplication. Uh, when we handed out the 26 books at our October meeting for people to prepare for tonight's meeting, Hard Case Crime had sent us multiple copies of the same titles. So it wasn't 26 different books, it was four or five copies each of several different things. So you may get some comments about the same books as we go around the table. I will open up by talking about books that were not part of that group. So if you are interested in Hard Case Crime and their style, I may have a couple that uh, you might be interested in tracking down because they're a little different. Um, I will also say, and this is not really part of the hard case crime part of this, uh, but just for those of us who are regular Justice Search members, I am also still looking to get your input with regards to some of our future book selections, so we will talk about that a little later in tonight's meeting. All right. So, I am Scott, and the books that I read, I, I will say that I have five different hard case crime books in my collection. And if you look at our handout, you'll see that they are up to, what is it, 131 releases, well, including the ones that are still forthcoming. The five that I have are two Stephen Kings. The very first one I ever read by Hard Case Crime was uh, The Colorado Kid, uh, which was very early in the release uh, schedule of Hard Case Crime. Hard Case Crime started in 2004, and The Colorado Kid, I'm looking at my list, and... It's on the first page. Oh, it's on the first page. Number 13. That really put Hard Case Crime on the map. We talked, I just mentioned the background on Hard Case Crime and how there's new, new publisher Titan that is pretty much behind Hard Case Crime now. They, for those of us who are sitting here visually looking at all this, they are specializing in these trade paperback editions, the ones that are about four by six in size. Uh, back in the early days of Hard Case Crime, it was all mass market paperbacks, which really dated back to the days of the, the pulp novels that they were really trying to recreate. They were using high quality paper as opposed to news pulp, which is where pulp got its name. The, the extremely low quality of the um, paper was what um, pulp um, came from. In fact, it's, it's hard to find good pulp magazines that are still in good condition because the whole purpose was they were not intended to last very long. They were a quick newsstand um, publish, and then they were supposed to be gone. Um, and uh, the, the size of those uh, small paperbacks uh, really didn't make them stand out on the newsstands uh, when Hard Case first started. But when you got Stephen King, who loved that style of writing and decided, hey, I want to contribute to this, I want to support this publisher, he did The Colorado Kid, which of the novels I've read from Hard Case Crime... I would call the best of the ones that I've, I've read. It, it actually is not your typical Stephen King with a lot of paranormal stuff. It is purely a mystery suspense. It actually has a female protagonist. We've, uh, one of the things that I'm sure people are not too happy about is the scantily clad women on the covers of all hard case crime. 
that there was one on the cover of the Colorado Kid, um, but she was the protagonist. She was this investigative journalist, and she was a tough character. I mean, she stood out as a really interesting character. So um, if you're really wanting to go back and look, the library does have that volume, Colorado Kid, on both print edition um, and, I believe, ebook and book on CD, oddly enough. The second Stephen King that I got, I actually haven't read yet. Um, I know one of my coworkers uh, who sadly is not here with us tonight, loved Joyland uh, by Stephen King. And I did buy that because I am a King fan, and I, I just wanted to have that to a read eventually, um, but I have not actually read that one yet. What I read in preparation for tonight's meeting is the next one that I bought. I am a huge fan of Harlan Ellison, who is better known perhaps as a speculative fiction writer, science fiction fantasy, although he hates the label science fiction fantasy. He, he prefers to be th thought of it in terms of mainstream. He broke into the medium of publishing with a book called, it did not go by uh, what it ended up being renamed here for um, um, hard case crime. It was basically, uh, I don't even remember what the title was, but it basically had this really one word, like rebels or something like that. It was a book about street gangs of New York City in the 1950s, and he, before joining the military, had gone undercover as a punk in a street gang to research this book, and so basically it's not his own personal story, but it's him sharing the kinds of things that he was seeing literally happening on the streets of New York City um, in the words of a character in a novel. He, by the time he was starting to write it, had left the street gang and the whole plot of Web of the City, the book that I, I read this time, uh, the whole plot is... Uh, young tough who has been told by some people he respects that he could actually m make it successfully as an industrial um, designer, um, engineer, um, is trying to leave the street gang, and you don't leave a street gang in New York City. If you, play, if you try to leave a street gang, you get cut, um, and not necessarily in a, a non-lethal way. And Ellison had some of that experience. He went undercover, pretended to be a gang member, and then tried to leave the gang. He uh, fortunately did survive that and, and, and was not uh, um, assassinated by the gang. He joined the, the military and wrote the entire book, he claims, by sitting on a toilet in the uh, men's barracks with a board on his lap, a typewriter on top of the board, and pounding away at like 3 o'clock in the morning, annoying all of his fellow uh, military recruits beyond belief until they realized they were not going to get him to stop. So he wrote this entire book that way. I will have to say, I love Harlan Ellison, especially his short work. Web of the City felt like a first-time book. Uh, it was an interesting read. I'm glad I read it. Um, it includes t uh, three short stories at the very end that are thematically tied. In fact, one of them is like a short story version of the, the plot of the book, all done in about ten pages. I, I can't say that I loved the book. It was interesting. It definitely felt like something from the 50s era, and this is one of those examples of a book that actually was from the 50s era that Hard Case Crime is reprinting and not um, a, a new um, book by an author that's trying to recreate that style. I would recommend it, especially if you have any interest in Harlan Ellison, um, only because it's um, fascinating to look back and see where an author began a lengthy career, and he has won nearly every literary award that exists since then. Um, so this was his first stumbling steps to get started in the business, and, and I did like that. Uh, the other two books that I'll just mention in passing before passing the microphone on um, that I also own are, after last month's meeting, I thought, 
I've seen a number of other hard case crime books on the shelves at Barnes Noble. I'll go take a look and see what there is. Discovered that in the general fiction section, not the mystery and thriller section, um, at both Barnes and Nobles, Michael Crichton had written several books under the pen name John Lang, L-A-N-G-E, back in the 70s, before Crichton as a name was a bankable commodity. And uh, the uh, hard case crime people managed to come up with the uh, rights to do all of those John Lang books as part of their releases, but they re-released them with Crichton's name as the actual author instead of under the pseudonym. And so I picked up the one that seemed to have the least salacious description on the back cover of it, uh, Binary, which is a, a super thriller about uh, a terrorist uh, who has access to a lethal uh, virus and is threatening to release it, and it's all adventure thriller as people are trying to catch him and make sure that a, a apocalypse doesn't um, land in their laps. The other book, which I literally just bought um, this evening because I love Gregory MacDonald, uh, who wrote the Fletch novels uh, about that acerbic um, reporter, which w two of them were turned into movies featuring uh, Chevy Chase as Fletch. Gregory MacDonald wrote a number of books also under pseudonyms, um, and they have re-released two of them, Snatched and I uh, can't remember what the second one's title is, but basically they've combined the two of them into a large trade paperback called Snatch, both of which have uh, very similar themes of a kidnapping and the escapades of the people trying to rescue the person on, on, on a kidnapping. Uh, and keep in mind, Gregory McDonald is kind of like Westlake, all about the humor and the and the oddball characters and things like that. Um, and I've actually seen some reviews of Snatch, uh, which made me intrigued enough that I figured, what the heck, I'll add that to my list as well. So overall, Web of the City was the one I reviewed for today, and I would give it a lukewarm thumbs up only if you want to read the earliest work by a really well-known author. And all three of the covers of the books that I brought with me today are things that I would not show my mother. <clears throat> Hello, this is Kathy. And when I think of gangs in New York in the 50s, I think of West Side Story. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I read The Wrong Quarry by Max Collins, and he is obviously, there are several people here with quarry books. It's a series. This is copyright 2014, and I hate the cover, but I didn't mind the book. Uh, he's a hitman who has sort of gone out on his own. He killed the guy that sort of was the middle person and took all his files, and now he tracks killers and figures out who they're after, and then goes to that person and says, pay me money and I'll get the killer. And then he not only kills the killer, but he goes after or tries to figure out who hired them, and so getting rid of the entire problem for, for pay. And in this, uh, he's traced uh, killers to Iowa, some small town. The killers are working in a pair where one goes in and surveils and gets all the information about the person and then turns the information over to the person who's actually going to do the killing and uh, leaves town. And the victim is this dance studio person. He owns the dance studio, has a lot of young women. He's around all the time. And uh, the daughter of one of the richest families in town had disappeared and they suspected him. There was no evidence. So initially, you know, he goes after the killers, 
He's still trying to figure out who, who hired the killers. And then there's a real twist at the end when we find out who really killed the girl and what he does about it. And I mean, there's a lot of sex and violence and killing, but, uh, and he's kind of, you know, you know, he's got his own sense of humor and you know, I, I kind of liked him. <laughs> You know, I hate the cover, so all the time I'd only read it at home or something like that, and I didn't think people would be looking. So I might, even if I had time, I might, might read other quarry books. Hi, this is Tracy, and I read three hard case crime books. My first one was uh, Joyland by Stephen King. The second one that I read was um, The Colorado Kid, also by Stephen King. And then the third one I read was Cut Me In by Ed McBain. Um, I'm a big Stephen King fan, so I was really thrilled when I found Joyland. And actually, it's kind of funny, the cover of, of Joyland sort of drew me to it. It's different from any other Stephen King book I've ever seen. And the girl on the cover has red hair. I have red hair. So I was kind of like, okay, this is about a redhead. It, it isn't about a redhead, but I was kind of intrigued by that, and I liked it. Great story. Great. Just it moves along like a Stephen King book does. I just loved it. I did not really enjoy The Colorado Kid. I found it underwhelming as far as any Stephen King books I've ever read before. It, it paled in comparison, and I can't say why. It just it just didn't do it for me. I really, really enjoyed the Ed McBain book. I've never read anything of his before, and I thought it was fun. It reminded me of Mad Men, and it made me think of that time, and I could totally see how there again on the cover of the book, it kind of draws you in because it's got this scantily clad girl on there, and I could see how that would draw a male reader to the book, similar to the way the Bodice Buster romance books have your scantily clad men on the cover. And then beyond that, it's it's more about the story, the mystery. So I really, really enjoyed that a lot, and I love the hard case crime books. I'm going to have to read more and more of them. Thank you very much. Um, I'm Jenny, and I think I got the Colorado Kid book. Um, I lent it to a friend back then, and she just kept it the whole time. Uh, <laughs> She did say that she and her husband and her son really did enjoy the book. Um, so I had to get another one from the library, Quarry in the Black by Max Ellen Collins, uh, 2016. I was surprised how contemporary the style is and how pertinent the situation is to what's going on today. And I kind of was sympathetic to the assassin, the killer, but I must admit, though, I have not totally finished the book, so I can't say much more than that, but I'm going to finish it. Another quarry book. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Ida. Um, I didn't do the homework. I didn't want anybody to think I was reading porn, so <laughs> I just did not do it. Okay. I'm Barb. I also read <clears throat> The Wrong Quarry, and I also enjoyed it. I like first-person books like Robert Parker and Spencer and stuff like that. They're my favorite kind. And I also read Easy Death, which was about a bank or armored car robbery. And it had me going because he kept jumping, you know, between people and he'd talk about this guy and then he'd go over here and talk about that guy. And he finally ties it all up at the end, and I was surprised at the end because it wasn't the up to my was expecting, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed both of them. And then I was just looking at your list that you handed out, Scott, and it, on the bottom it says, Turn on the Heat by Earl Stanley Gardner coming, reprinting the best of Cool and Lamb Entry. I have three 
cool and lamb that my grandfather bought. And this one's 75 cents, the most expensive one of the bunch. <laughs> These two were 45 cents, and they do have the, you know, old. Salacious covers, yeah. Salacious covers. And <laughs> then this is nice. an Earl Stanley Gardner Perry Mason one, Glamorous Ghost. And this one's only 35 cents. For Cool and Lamb characters? They are a detective agency, and it's Bertha Cool and. What's his name? Well, his last name is Lamb, and um, she's a rather heavy set woman who runs the agency, and he's the one that goes running around. and Zero um, wolf like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the twist is that she's a female, and she's mm -hmm. the one who runs yeah. the agency, and he works for her. Yeah. Cool thing to come out of the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Don, and I read The Wrong Quarry in November, and I have absolutely no memory of it. <laughs> and then I read Ed McBain's Cut Me In, and to make it more interesting, I extended the title, but I can't say it in the microphone. And Charlotte will give it to you, Scott. Uh, the plot was okay, but I would have to say I'm not a real fan of hard crime novels. I'm Rayma, and I also have an Ed McBain title, and I picked it mainly because of the title, because who could, uh, it's just so funny. It's so nude, so dead. And if you see the cover, who could resist? Who could resist? <laughs> Has a, a very naked lady on the front, and she is in bed. And basically, this is supposed to be the first crime novel that Ed McBain uh, wrote, and for those of you who don't know who Ed McBain is, he is actually Evan Hunter, who is actually uh, Salvador Albert Lombino. That's how he was born. And his agent talked him into going with a more anglicized name, and so he made it legal in the early 1950s and wrote a lot of things under Evan Hunter. If you're a friend of old, uh, you know, a fan of old movies, uh, you re might remember the Blackboard Jungle with Glenn Ford, and yeah. yeah, he wrote that. He wrote that. He wrote a lot of movie scripts, a lot of things for TV, and the Ed McBain um, pseudonym. And he had a lot of pseudonyms, by the way. The Ed McBain um, pseudonym became very famous because of his 87th Precinct novels, and. Um, those are just, I think, amazing. My aunt and I bought a big box of those at a garage sale one time and then just read ourselves silly reading through all of them. And that's how I got hooked on Ed McBain. This, you can tell, is a first novel. It's a little rough. I thought his idea was kind of intriguing, and that is that the action centers around the main character, who is a drug addict. He had at one time been a very promising pianist, and he, because he was hanging around with musicians, and of course in 1950 that meant drugs. Well, I suppose it still does. But anyway, he uh, gets hooked on horse, which is a rather quaint term for heroin, and um, he wakes up one day and discovers he's in bed with a very beautiful woman doesn't know how he got there, but he does understand somewhere deep in his consciousness that this was about drugs. 
So he decides he better get out of there. He gets himself dressed, and then he thinks, oh, gosh, maybe I ought to find the drugs that I know she had and take those with me, because you never know. And he looks, and those are gone, and that gets him to thinking. So while he's on the run, of course, he is blamed for this murder. Um, he decides that he's going to try to figure out what happened to this lady and what, who has the drugs and why was she killed. In the meantime, uh, he has no money, he can't buy any heroin, and he's kind of sinking fast. And it's really interesting because I'm sure at the time this was written, this would have been considered really scandalous stuff uh, to be talking, you know, your protagonist to be a drug addict, good heavens. So it, it's interesting in that respect, but I would have to say this is not the best Ed McBain novel I've ever read. But it was interesting. It was interesting. And this is, like I said, you got to love the cover. I'm Christy, and I'm just going to be repetitive. I picked mine because my woman had a dress on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, you're dressed. I'll read you. And then I realized, of course, it was the dear Stephen King who wrote it. Um, and I was surprised as anyone. I really enjoyed it. The The lead guy is this you know, sweet college kid who had his heart broken. So he decides to spend his number, his summer working at Joyland, which is like a carnival. And it's funny because they talk about Disney, that Disney has opened in Orlando, and they can't compete with Disney. Um, but they're kind of quaint and kitschy. Um, anyway, and so he, he ends up solving this um, decades-old murder. And I, I really thought it was charming. I can't say I'm a big Stephen King fan when he writes his gruesome books, but this was not at all gruesome. Um, good plot. I thought the good character development, um, one kind of scary scene, but, I mean, it wasn't gory or bloody or anything. Um, so I really liked it, and I would recommend it. And it's not porn. I just want to say that again. <laughs> Fully dressed on the cover. So I, I really enjoyed it, and I think I would read Colorado Kid now that I know that you know it's of the same genre because I really enjoyed this. Well, I'm Jody, and um, I could not remember the title or the author of which one I took home, but now that I have the list, I will be going home and finding it on the shelf and reading it. I did read Joyland by Stephen King. But I read it right when it came out, and so it's not very fresh in my memory, but I do remember enjoying it very much. Okay, I'm Ladina. I got Quarry's Cut from the little box, and um, I made it about three-quarters of the way through and realized that the pornographic title also went with the pornographic topic in my book um, because they end up at an adult film, and it was very descriptive. And I did put it down because um, I don't read romance books for a reason. It was way too descriptive and too many words that, um, oh, thank you. I'm Joan, and I read Cut Me In by Ed McBain. I didn't think I would like it, but I did, except for the cover. I had to place it face down whenever I went to bed at night. But uh, I didn't realize that he had so many pseudonyms that he wrote under so many names. I'm Vera, and I read Easy Death by Daniel Boyd. Uh, actually, I read part of it. 
Um, I had a real hard time getting past the cover, and but I did try several times. I couldn't really force enough interest to want to finish it completely. It's very episodic. It has lots of um, people narrating it, and uh, it jumps by time. It all takes place on one day, December 20th, when there was a robbery of an armored car. And um, I did scan enough of it to know that it does have a real twist in it at the end. Actually, all I could think of when I was reading this was uh, Garrison Keillor's uh, program. Do you remember his character, Guy Noir? Oh, yes. <laughs> so it was kind of hard for me to take it seriously. <laughs> I'm Susie, and I read Max Collins' Quarry in the Black. And I actually finished it. <laughs> um, it was published in 2016, and it was surprising in a couple of ways. The cover is salacious, but you know what? It didn't matter because I wasn't reading the cover. I was reading the inside. So um, not to me anyway. It is about Corey, who is a hitman. And he was kind of an honest hitman with a little bit of a conscience sometimes, but he still went around killing people, so it was a little bit weird. There was some uh, pretty good tongue-in-cheek in it, and there were some very good twists and turns. So I did like that. You know, it moved right along. It was fine. While it's not my style, I didn't think it was badly written. I thought it was just something to work right through and just to see as it all developed. So... Well, and for anybody that does like the style of hard case crime, uh, you'll notice from your handout, uh, which has the little color-coded marks on it, uh, that the libraries do have, mm, I don't know, maybe 20% of the titles uh, that they've put out in our collection in some capacity. Some are only in ebook format. Um, most are in, in uh, paperback or hardback. There are a number of really prominent authors um, listed in their, in their stable of authors. Lawrence Block, uh, Ed McBain, uh, Westlake. I mean, a lot of the authors that we've actually selected for past Just Desserts readings. So this, however, is a specific style of writing that they're going for. I will add one last comment about my selection, which was Web of the City, and that is not only is the hero of, of that particular book trying to leave the mob, but there is a mystery plot. It is, is not just a pure thriller. It is a mystery because his sister gets killed, and he decides before he can leave the mob, he has to find, find the person that did that. So uh, there's... Uh, him as a amateur sleuth um, going through street sources to try to find out what happened to his sister. So, well, we thank the folks at Hard Case Crime for giving us a box full of books, giving us an opportunity to sample their wares. So. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from Lincoln City Libraries. If you would like to comment on this or any of our podcasts, you can do so by visiting our podcast page at lincolnlibraries.org slash podcasts, where you can also download our podcasting theme music for use as your ringtone. You can become a fan of our podcast by searching for Lincoln City Libraries Podcasts on Facebook. Mm-hmm.